Bring the Sabor with new Modelo Chelada Fresa Picante. A mouth-watering mix of authentic Mexican beer, bold strawberry flavor, and a hint of spice. New Modelo Chelada Fresa Picante. Bring the Sabor. Drink responsibly. Modelo Chelada flavored beers. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hey everybody, welcome to Ruined. This is Hallie. And this is Allison. And we're coming to you on a rainy day in Los Angeles um, to ruin a horror movie. What's the weather like in New York, Allison? It is uh, sunny and cold. So Ooh. just that perfect, perfect winter uh, combo where you're like, oh, it's nice out. And then, like, I just had to go get a COVID test. And uh, they, they're, like, there were just a lot of people doing it. And they made us stand outside. And I, at first I was like, Oof. this is super fine. And then, like, after a few minutes I was like, this is not okay. And they were like bringing hand warmers to people. And I was like, oh no, what kind of hell do we live in? Um, I also realized this will be our first episode of the new year. And yes. for the month of January, we're just going to do sort of a grab bag, Lucy, um, movies that we had wanted to get to, but don't necessarily fit into a theme. It's sort of yes. like a reset, you know, for the new year. Yeah. And, but I did want to ask, Allison, are you a, a, are you a resolutions person? Do you make a resolution? Do you keep a resolution? I am not. I am not. Okay. I don't. I like. I not because I'm just like. I don't know. Like think points. I feel like points in the year. I suddenly become like. Okay. Like I really need to start exercising more, or mm-hmm. I need to write more, or like whatever it is. And that's just when it happens. And like to start at the beginning of the year, it's like, yeah, I need to make every like everything needs yeah. to be better. I know that. <laughs> So it'll come when it comes. Like, I, the inspiration to change my life will come when it comes. And yeah, I think, what about I think you? That makes total sense. I, I feel like my only resolution is I want to read more. But really what I want to do is I want to read more horror. So I just got two, oh, two new books. I, I can't crack them, so I can't um, recommend them yet. But I will if they're good. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was like, what a perverse um, resolution to do something good for my brain, but only fill it with horror. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to do it. I think that's perfect. I love it so much. Um, and this week's movie we are doing was a, a movie just like um, Malignant that was held back because of the pandemic. Mm. This actually um, was set to, I believe it premiered at uh, Sundance. Yeah, so it premiered at Sundance January 24th, 2020. And this is a movie I know that I was like waiting for them to drop on streaming. They mm. held off and they ended up because they wanted to go to theaters, which I appreciate. And eventually, it round the corner, and it ended up on um, you know digital and VOD. And I'm very excited to discuss um, the Night House. And oh, of man. course, in every episode of Ruined, we have Allison watch the trailer. And oh Allison- wait, we we have a question. Oh God, um, I'm so sorry. Okay, we want to do a little you know listener questions. You guys sent us such great uh, discussion questions to address on the pod, and this one is from Cecilia, who emailed us, and you can email us at ruined at the if you have questions like this or not like this, but she asked, uh, would you rather be the first to die in a horror movie or the last to die? And Hallie, what do you think your answer is? Well, I know what your answer is going to be. Um, yeah. I don't want to be first, but I don't think I want to be last. Because the last implies that you definitely die. You know what I mean? I guess that's true. Yeah, it's like if it were if if it were first to die or final girl, like lone survivor, I feel like, that would be kind of a different question. 
I'd like to die third from the end because mm-hmm. I feel like one from the end, you know, there's still somebody going, but you're like, oh, it's just one of them. Two from the end is more like it's like, oh, they can band together and maybe they can get out of here, there. So I yeah. can die with the fantasy that some people were going to live. And that would be nice. to If you're the last yes. person, you know you're the last person. And if you're the first person, well, it's the shock of being the first person. Yeah, I, yes. I think also, like, I mean, I will say first to die just because I, that's always my, like, first instinct when anything happens in any of these movies. I'm like, just kill yourself. Why would you even stick around to see what happens here? But mm-hmm. I think if it's, if you're, if we're talking about, like, a, a group and we know there's multiple uh, deaths, that I think being first, like, it's like, oh, like, I don't know. Everybody else might have survived. It might not have been that bad. Like, I think there is a little bit of, like, what if? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do think dying in the, the middle idea. of the pack is is the ideal mm-hmm. situation because, you know, you could make it out possibly, but then, but it's not like, well, I guess I'm going to die alone in the woods with this uh, deer horror nightmare, mm-hmm. so... I also think those tend to be the most fun and ridiculous deaths in a horror movie. So I like the idea of, like, I'm going out in some yes. comical fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of uh, hijinks involved in the way I die. Yeah, the leprechaun, you know, putting a, a bike pump up my ass and pump me up so I explode. You know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, something fun. I don't know why that's the first thing that came to mind, but... Is that from something, or did that just come into your brain as a From the twisted mind of Hallie M.M. Kiefer, uh, unfortunately. I know. I'm so sorry, everyone. Well. That's why you always got to, if you see the leprechaun, tape your ass cheeks closed so that can't happen. That's the first rule of when you see the leprechaun. That's a great rule to live by, I would say. Celia, an excellent question. Thank you so much. great question. I mean, realistically, we both will be the first to die in this this scenario. I mean, I don't know why I'm going to make it more than one, but. Yeah. No, Especially we're, if we're going running out. involved. <laughs> um, and this week's movie was recommended by Holly M via email. Thank you so much, Holly. And um, we always like to have Allison uh, watch the trailer for the film. Mm-hmm. Allison, what were your thoughts about the trailer for The Night House? I mean, this one looks scary. And I'm mm-hmm. very excited to hear if you think it's scary because the trailer, like the first half of the trailer is like, oh, there's a haunting, like, something's going Mm -hmm. on, dead husband, I think. Like, you're just like, all right, this is scary, but just kind of, like, what's going on? And when you, when they introduce, like, the reverse house, he was building their exact house in reverse and seeing the um, address, like, the street number uh, backwards on this other house that she discovers in the woods that's exactly their house but backwards is so scary. I think, like, things that are, like, Inverses or like reflections of something that exists are an underratedly scary thing. Yes, absolutely. Like things that are similar but not the same. Like that whole like world of like it's almost right but it's wrong is yes. is not nearly. And now that I say this, there's going to be like way too much scary stuff about it. But like not nearly delved into enough for like horror. Um, I yeah, there it's kind of the similar to like a, the doppelganger, you know, sort of yes. the the um, us of it all, the idea of a double or a reverse image yes. of something. Mm-hmm. Boy, it, it, again, I don't know if it's maybe it's like sort of like um, how dolls give us uncanny valley, like mm. the reverse of something that's so close to what we're what's familiar, but then there's just a little bit of distance, and that's what's so scary about it. Yeah, but I absolutely agree, and I remember seeing this trailer, you know, way back when, and being like, oh boy, oh, oh brother, boy. don't go oh to the boy. house. Mm-mm. Also, the house looks nice. 
Oh, stunning. A and, gorgeous you know, house. Just before we get into it, of course, as much like in um, Orphan and many other horror movies, the husband is an architect, which is why he's able to build these beautiful homes. That is a very common occupation for husbands in horror movies. And I appreciate that in this movie, they actually use it. Like, he's actually building a home versus in most movies, it's like, I don't know, what do people do that uh, don't make movies that aren't producers uh, or writers? Uh, I guess they're (laughs) architects. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they work in publishing. Yeah, right. Everybody's either in a magazine or, you know, (laughs) owns a store. A photographer, yeah. (laughs) A flower shop. Yeah, Um, it's like, what's a store I've been in? That's a job, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't know what— No, no, not at all. But I remember trying to write a rom-com. I did eventually write it um, with an ex of mine. And both of the main characters were lawyers. (laughs) And the most painful part (laughs) of it was being like, what do lawyers do every day? (laughs) Like, trying to figure out anything regarding the law was like, why did we do this? Like, they could have just had jobs we could have, like, known a little more about. Right, just, like, make them marketing people or what. Like, we can, like, bullshit our way around that. That's fine. Yeah, it made no sense. Um, It's so hard. Uh, we also like to take a take a baseline scary of the movie. So, mm-hmm. Allison, I okay. wasn't sure exactly how to phrase this, but how oh, scary no. do you find the concept of trusting your husband despite all evidence to the contrary? I mean— Or somebody doing that, I suppose. I think that that's scary because it feels very, like, you're very alone in your yes. trust. That, and I think that, like, once you're isolated in that way, like, there's physical isolation, which is scary, but, like— the emotional and mental isolation of being like the only person who thinks they understand what's happening or yes. sees what's going on is very scary in every direction. If you're that person, if you're on the outside, like this is not, I do not like it. And for me, sort of the, from the outside, it's sort of, it's very scary to see how like a person can convince themselves of something. Yes. Even if you're like, well, I'm looking at the evidence. And this guy was doing some shady business. Yes. And, you know, it's terrifying the idea of finding that out, especially, you know, maybe after you could do anything about it. Mm -hmm. But then to Mm -hmm. still maintain that you're, and not just husband, but spouse or loved one. Yeah. It's like they're still a good person despite all this stuff they did. To me, I mean, look, everyone makes mistakes. It's just there's certain kinds of mistakes where you're like, well, you can still love a person, but you can't pretend they're not a piece of shit. Well, there's mistakes, and then there's uh, patterns of evil, nefarious behavior. Exactly. That's really what I'm saying. Yeah, someone can slip up, hey, you know, like, say to someone, hey— even you're like all cheating, human. lying, the it'll happen. Here, yeah, they're more of a deliberate, uh, yes. a lot of in, a lot of intent behind all of these actions. Yeah, so um, that's what's hardest yeah. to convince yourself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I guess people do it. And um, right before we get into it, Allison, would you like to guess the twist of the night house? Guess the twist. I mean, I'm gonna guess that like. It turn whatever like she thinks this other version of her and her house is that she's actually the ooh the bad okay. the bad one or the second one or the wrong one. Love it. I I love the concept of the wrong one. The wrong one, right? Ooh, I don't know what that means, great. but that feels like kind of where we are. I love it, and let us begin by ruining the night house. We open on a boat thunking against a like a dock outside a oh. gorgeous lake house, stunning. James Wan wishes, you know what I mean? He'd be, yeah. he'd be salivating at these interiors. So the house is gigantic, like all glass doors, gigantic windows overlooking this lake. 
um, is two floors, sort of like um, two floors kind of like on a hill. So um, in the lower floor is the husband's architecture um, office and all of his books and papers. Architecture office. We don't I know what don't jobs know. are. He has like a drafting <laughs> table. Okay. Is that what they, That's real. He's got a lot of pencils and paper. <laughs> That's what they do, right? <laughs> a T-square. Um, and we see the detritus of a marriage. So we see Q-tips and pill bottles and photos of a couple who we are about to meet named Beth and Owen. And we see from inside the house a woman walking Beth to the door and hands her sort of a tinfoiled cover casserole dish or lasagna. Okay. Yes. And we hear her say, I know your relatives are scattered, but call me and we'll come back down anytime. Clearly, Beth has just returned from a funeral to her ep- empty, mm-hmm. sickening beach, uh, like lake house. Yeah. And she takes the lasagna and she throws it right in the garbage. However, later I that mean, night, Beth okay. gets drunk alone on red wine and she's reading sheets of, a sheet of paper over and over again. We don't see what it says yet, but it's pretty obvious from the context that it's a suicide note. Okay. So she's running out of wine. Beth descends the stairs into her her husband's office, which is next to, like, the store, like, the basement sort of. And she has to walk through all of his stuff. And she fishes out a bottle of brandy, which is an interesting choice. Oh. Digs the lasagna out of the trash and then eats it while watching their wedding video. Oof. And I think it's a note for most of the movie. Like, Beth is not crying. Beth is very shut down. She's angry. She's baffled. By what happened. But so she's this isn't not like, sobbing. Like an emotionally, like, just, she's checked out. I would say I, she's someone who, like, in her, is so desperate to make sense of what happened that she mm-hmm. can't allow herself to really grieve. Like, she's okay. like, that makes sense. what happened? How do I figure out what happened? Right. And so at this point, you know, it's, it's the middle of the night, and she wakes up, and she sort of turns to his empty side of the bed. Allison, mm-hmm. it's... Low on, I mean, it's got to be three in the morning. There comes a pounding on the front door. No. Her first night alone in the house, pounding on the front door. Beth leaps up, freaking out, obviously, and goes down the stairs. Couldn't be me. I'd be locked myself in the bathroom and call 911, but... She, also, uh, she, if I have red wine and brandy and lasagna, I'm sleeping <laughs> through everything. Also, I'm falling down those stairs. Like, I'm yeah, tumbling, tumbling head over <laughs> wine glass in hand, flipping down the stairs. Um, but I appreciate she's not going to open the door. She's going to go check all the doors and windows until she opens the back door, which is a very weird move. But again, she's drunk. She's grieving. Couldn't be mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. And as she opens the door, the door sort of, she gets distracted and she's like looking at a window trying to see if she could see someone outside. And the back door swings open in behind her. And Allison, through the glass, we could see the outline of a man's silhouette. And turning, Beth sees it too, and she slams the door, thinking, oh my God, someone's standing in my kitchen, revealing nothing. Nothing is there. Okay. Beth jolts awake at her alarm, and she has finally fallen asleep in Owen's office. Like, she can't sleep in her bed. Yeah. She wakes up, and she's on the floor of his his office with a blanket. Yeah. She runs to her car. She's running late, only to see the gate to the dock swinging open. And she runs down there, and she sees footsteps in what I first assumed was mud, leading... Uh, down the steps to the boat landing. Okay. She runs down there to be like, who the fuck is futzing with the boat? We got the little boat. Allison, the footsteps are actually leading away from the water. Like towards the house. Towards the house. (sighs) Suddenly, a gunshot rings out, sending a flock of birds flying into the sky. And here's where I wrote, phone a friend. (laughs) Call somebody. (laughs) 
We haven't even got a movie. And I'm like, you need support right now. You can't be a like, it's already a non, like not ideal space. I would imagine having never experienced this to be by yourself after this kind of tragedy. Exactly. But then to also have just general, separate from what's going on, breaking and entering and guns. Yeah. Like, just get some get some people around you. Get so At least tell someone what's going on. So, yeah. Beth, as it turns out, is a teacher. It's The school year has just ended. So the students are gone, but all the teachers have to go to, like, the test scores and get yelled at about how they didn't do as well as last year. And she rolls in late, and all the teachers are um, in the auditorium. And she walks in, and all of them turn to look at her in, like, pity and kind of surprise. And she sits next to her teacher friend, Claire, and Claire's like, hey, you didn't have to come. Like, no one was going to say, like, make you feel bad. And Beth's like, no, it's okay. It gives me something to do. And Beth is, um, she should probably be doing her grades, like tabulating her final grades or whatever. Sure. But it said she's looking at new homes. Clearly, you have a mind to sell the place. Absolutely, that's what I would do. Yes, 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 yes. Like, move out, move on. It's stunning, but like... in order to move on, this seems like the way to do it, you know? Yes. It also is does not seem like the kind of setup, unfortunately, in the world of movies, where a woman should live alone. Yes. Near a lake, of all places. Of all places. So she starts to doze off at her desk, and she's startled awake by a parent, Becky, walking in, and she looks at her laptop, and she finds herself that she's looking at a page with handguns. Oh, my God. So Becky is, she's like, I'm Hunter's mom. And uh, Beth is like, okay, well, there's three Hunters, so you really got to narrow it down. <laughs> and Becky's sort of giving Beth a hard time. Like, Hunter got a C in speech. You told him that he could make up his speech, but then you were out the last day of school. I'm like, you can't just, like, come in the last day of school and make up something. You have to make plans with the teacher. Like, I was like, yeah. what kind of school is this? He thought also, he could come like, on the last day of school and make it up? Like, what, do you, what does that mean? Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, for your son? No, no. And Beth says, I was out for a personal matter. And Becky's like, well, um, Hunter was out when everyone else presented there, so we all have personal matters. And Beth says, hey, Becky, my husband shot himself in the head last Thursday. He took the boat out on the lake. He took a, a handgun that I didn't even know that we owned and pow, right in the mouth. So if you want Hunter to, to get a B, let's give him a B. Jesus Christ. So obviously, like, as a defense mechanism, Beth is very, like, flippant and strident and, like, guarded. You know what I mean? Like, she's not mourning. She's just like, fuck you, and throw it in people's face. You know what I mean? Right. As a means of self-protection, obviously. Yes. I understand that. Yeah. After that shit show, and Becky's like, oh, sorry, that's oh, B's fine. Um, <laughs> Beth heads home <clears throat> with a bunch of moving boxes. So she's already, like, packing up. She's like, I, we, I gotta get out of here. Only yeah. to find the gate to the dock open again. But this time, it's her older neighbor, Mel, He's sort of, um, he was covering up her boat. And he's like, oh, it's about to rain. And Beth's like, I don't need help. It's okay. Like, everything's fine. And Mel hugs her and he's like, shut up. Like, you two helped me when my wife Shelly died. And now I will help you. And he says about the rowboat, do you want me to get rid of this thing? Because your husband killed himself in it, you know what I mean, is the unsaid underlying thing. And unfortunately, just like in the Annabelle episode, Beth says, no, that's okay. I will think I'll leave it. And the next owners can buy it for me when I sell this place. And she says of the house, I mean, well, yeah, right. okay. Like, I get, she still shouldn't have to even, like, look at it for another single it, second. Yeah, but, but put it in dry dock, ha- you know, call somebody to, like, put it, I don't get know, there's got to be a place you can put a rowboat until you yeah. sell the house. And she tells Mel, Owen built the house, so I hate to leave it, but 
And, you know, sort of unsaid, like, I got to get the fuck out of here, which is the right approach, I think. Yeah. And uh, Beth also asked Mel, did you shoot a gun this morning? Like, I know you hunt and it's the summertime. Like, it's 730. And he's like, oh, no, I didn't hear that. I'm not, I haven't started hunting yet. So we heard this gunshot. Whom shot it? We don't know. And we have. But did she, like, explain? Like, I heard a gun. Like, yes. Who could this be? Like, like. We're now yeah. alerting others to the sounds of guns. Exactly. Mel's like, oh, no, if I hear it again, like, I'll let you know. Okay, like, good. Good, you good, know. Good. But they do live in sort of a rural, forested area. So the implication right. is, like, it would be a little unusual. But, you know, if people are out there hunting. Maybe they're doing it off-season. They shouldn't be doing it. But it wouldn't be— It's not like you're living in Queens and you hear a gunshot. That it's like, okay, well, somebody's being shot at, you know? Yeah, right, like, right, We right. know that it, it for sure. It could be, you know, any number of hunting-related things. Um, so we see a video, and this is, like, the requisite, like, we were the perfect couple. Everything mm. was great. And we see Owen is, like, um, in the, sort of the skeleton of the house when it was being built. He's got his uh, sleeves rolled up. And let me just say, Owen's looking good in this movie, okay? I mean, the little tiny snippet that is in the trailer, I was like, I get it. Yeah, I think he's your type, for sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. And he's running a bandsaw, and, uh, you know, Beth is filming him, like, giggling and laugh. And we're like, ha-ha, our marriage is great. Nothing will ever be revealed to ruin it. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, distressed and drinking. Beth is drinking the entire time, which, again, I mean, you know, I, I, if I was ever in the same situation, I'm sure I would drunk uh, Absolutely. 24-7. Absolutely. So she sort of distracts herself from, like, watching these videos goes up and just starts bagging up his clothes. So take you to Goodwill, donate, keep, what to keep. Right. And she finds an old book, and it's a sketch pad, and it's, it's from her, and it says, to Owen, use it well. And she finds drawings of the house, and is very, emo- like, not very emotional, mm-hmm. but like, clearly she's like, oh Taken. God, you yeah. know, looking through their past. Unfortunately, Allison, she also sees some unusual drawings. Drawings that look like mazes with notes like confusing patterns and trick it. Don't listen to it. Trick it. Um, like, tri- like T-R-I-C-K space I-T. Yes. Trick it. Don't listen to it. Okay. Don't we also? Uh, yeah. We also see a drawing of a maze-like building and a word that I looked at the pronunciation of, and I can't remember it, but it's like Kadroya or Kad- no. Kaldroya. It's a, a, um, it's a Gaelic gonna- word. Sure. And we just see it. It starts with a C. I, I apologize if anyone um, knows this word and I'm butchering it. But it, it, sure word don't. you don't see that often. Yes. Kadroya. I'm going to say Kadroya and I'm going to say I know that's pronounced wrong. Okay. That's what it is. That's what it is. And us. I appreciate that this building, this movie is like, we got to label these buildings or people are not going to get it. So she finds the drawing labeled Our House. And then the next page is the same house with a reverse floor plan. And so it's sort of like, here are the two houses. He he built their house, and then there's this other floor. Perhaps what, what we would call a night house that is the reverse of their mm. house. Night house. Allison, in the middle of the night, Beth wakes up, and music starts playing. It's the same song as we heard her play when she's watching the, the wedding video. And mm. it's The Calvary Cross by Richard and Linda Thompson. Banger, an absolute folk banger. And I'm assuming this is their song. And so it just starts yeah. randomly playing she gets up to go see, and the music shuts off. She looks, it's 5.30 a.m. in the morning. Okay. She has a text from Owen that says, come down. <gasps> and 
And she types back, who is this? She's thinking somebody at the fucking police station took his phone. Like, somebody's using his account. Like, she's upset, but she's not. She's pissed, you know? Right. Your first thought isn't going to be like, oh, my dead husband is texting me. Exactly. (laughs) Right, yeah. Of all the ways of communicating, you know, if anything is going to, (laughs) like, blow over a candle or flutter a curtain, you know, like regular ghosts do. Not, like, use up data. And uh, she she texts him and says, who is this? And the text replies, Do, don't be afraid. Which, like, okay, good okay. luck with that. She calls, and someone picks up. And it's really staticky. But it does sound like the voice on the line says, Beth. And so she's starting to freak out. And the voice says, look out the window. Allison, oh. unfortunately, she does. And no. Beth walks to the window and looks down and sees Owen completely nude, standing not in the water, but on the surface of the water. And he turns and he looks up into the window. And girl, Beth wakes up. It was just a dream. Okay. Okay. Thank God. And this time she's on the floor of the bathroom and it becomes more obvious like, oh, she didn't intentionally end up there. Like she's sleepwalking. She's waking up at different parts of the house unintentionally. Interesting. Uh, Again, Get someone in the house yes, with you. Absolutely. And she goes to her bedroom. She checks her phone. There's no messages, you know, the dream. And she goes to the box that she got back from the police, which has, like, Owen's clothes in it, the gun he shot himself with, and his phone. And she plugs in his phone, but there, it doesn't look like he texts her either. So she's like, all right, I guess it was a dream. And she's kind of smiling. She's looking at his photos of them. And then finds a photo of what she first thinks is a picture of herself. Allison, it is not. So back at school, she has Claire look at the photo, and she says, look at that photo. And Claire's like, well, it looks like a photo of you from behind looking at a bookstore. She's like, that is not me. And Claire's like, okay, so we took a picture of a woman that looked like you. You know, there are a lot worse things to find on your husband's phone. They a picture of fully clothed women that look like you. Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, there are worse things, but it is but weird. also, it's also like a creep shot. Like, it's like, it's not like she's smiling yeah. and he like asks her like, oh, okay, like, I'm oh, you look like, like my wife. Books, or I don't even know. Like, yeah, you look exactly like my wife. I want to show her. It's obviously, she doesn't know that she's being photographed. This is going to sound crazy. How did she know it wasn't her? <laughs> um, this is a great question. And I think it's only because she's just never because been seen... to this bookstore. Okay. Because like in the trailer, just from like, it seems like, you know, because she... From what I think, like, I see this other person who, like, they look exactly the same. It is the same actress. Like, at how, I don't know. If somebody showed me a picture of someone who looked like me, I'd probably be like, yeah, that's probably me. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know if I could tell the difference between not me and me. I feel like they do a good job of making um, this woman look enough different, enough different. So, like, if you are to look closer, you're like, okay, that's not her. Okay. But even she assumes, oh, okay, that must be me. And it's only, uh, uh, she's so confused because it looks so much like her. And unfortunately, as we find out, that's not a coincidence. Mm. Um, Beth now is like, okay, so my husband's dead. He killed himself. I had no idea he was even depressed. I didn't know we owned a gun. And now I find these photos of another woman. I I didn't know my husband at all, apparently. And Mm -hmm. what was he doing? Was he having an affair? Like, she's starting to freak out. And Claire's like, I understand you're upset. He's he is dead. Like uh, you are not going to get answers. Right. So t- don't drive yourself crazy. And Beth's like, I'm obviously going to drive myself crazy. I'm in a horror movie, of course. And Claire uh, says, like, just come with us with the other teachers. We're going to get some drinks. We're going to shit talk the principal. You know what I mean? And yeah. you teachers' know, night. Exactly. And Beth tells Claire, I didn't think we had secrets, but you know what? If we did, and Claire says, everyone has secrets. 
Just remember, whatever you find out, he's also the Owen that you know. Which to me is like, I don't think that's true. Like, I think there are certain secrets that you find out where you're like, I guess I, this wasn't the person that I knew. Does that make yeah. sense? I mean, like, if you, if what you think you know of your husband is that he was a loving, devoted husband right. and he was your partner and you find out that he had been having and carrying on with a long affair with someone, like, that does undo the thing that you thought. Yeah, that, and like, it, you it know, does. Like, yeah. So to me, I'm like, oh, I understand okay. what you're trying to say, but she's trying yeah. to make best feel better. Just make better. everything better, smooth things over. So they all go out, and because it's the end of the years, like, so they go out, Beth and Claire Joy. It's kind of like, it seems like they've been there a long time, so the only other teachers that are left are Heather and Gary. And they are all drunk, like, teacher drunk. And I oh, know teacher some teacher drunk. friends, you know what I mean? Like, well, you're starting at, four, like, 3 p.m., and yeah. like, you're going till 8, and you were shit-talking everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Children, adults, parents. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And they're like, oh, my God, like, the principal, like, she wants us to read all these books. Like, I'm not fucking reading a book. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't teach. You know, like, go crazy. And then Beth, who's been silent and stewing and just drinking and drinking, just blurts out, do you guys believe in ghosts? And Claire's <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> like, girl, I was trying to get you out of the house. And Claire's like, honestly, I do believe. You know, I, I think that there's something more than than life. And and I, you know, in the abstract, yes. And Beth's like, okay, but more specifically, there's something in my house. I feel like there's a presence laughing. Or, a, sorry, I feel like there's a presence watching me. And Beth is sort of like laughing about it, but all the other teachers are like, oh God, like this poor woman's husband just just died by, in the worst way possible. And yeah. And Beth tells She's him I had these up on this. Yeah. yeah, have these weird dreams. And all the other teachers are trying to be like, well, that's normal. And Gary butts in. He's like, Well, if you've ever heard of sleep paralysis, like, which I've I have had myself. And so it's mm-hmm. like me too. He's like, Yeah, it's very common, like if you have it to feel like you're, you know, there is someone in the room. Yeah. And, you know, so maybe you're experiencing that. You know, it's, again, like you're not sleeping, you're stressed out, you know, and it's sort of like when your body's asleep and your mind's awake, it, you could feel like, oh, there's something in the house. Yes. And Beth says, what about the opposite? What if if your body is awake and your mind is asleep? And the other teacher, Heather, who was extremely judgmental of this entire conversation, which I think is like a Great. fun choice. Love that. And Heather's like, isn't that just sleepwalking? And Beth said, okay, that's interesting because Owen used to sleepwalk and it started a year or two after the house was built. And now I'm doing it. Like, do you think he infected me with his sleepwalking? And Heather's like, bitch, I don't know. Like, Yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'm a drunk teacher. Yeah, and Gary's like, well, how long you guys were married? And they were married 14, almost 15 years. So they got married young. They've been together all of their adult life, you know. And Gary's like, it makes sense that you would feel him in the house. Like, you have, like, he's been your life. Like, that's yeah. very normal. But Beth is not having it. And she's so angry that they're trying to, like, dismiss and play down her experience of what she's suggesting is the ghost of her husband is in her house. But they're yes. all trying to be like, we're not going to feed into this. This seems like maybe this is unhealthy. So it's sort of like you understand right. both perspectives, you know? And, um, and Claire says, ah, you know, and she, Claire makes a reference to that, like, what what dreams may come, so, like, Shakespeare soliloquy, mm-hmm. and, yeah. which is all about suicide, but doesn't mean it in that way. And Beth's like, are you really right. going to quote that suicide play to me? And right. Claire's like, oh, I'm so sorry. But then Beth starts laughing and laughing. And she's like, I'm kidding, but she's so drunk. So it's like, yeah. not mm. good laughter. And then, like, everyone is drunk. So, like, Heather's like, you really shouldn't joke about suicide. And Gary's like, do you seriously not know there was anything wrong? And I, and Claire's trying to be like, everybody be cool. Everyone <sighs> calm down. 
let's not talk about this. Let's talk shit about some kids or something. This yeah. is not the area of conversation we should be but in. But Beth does want to talk about this. So Beth's like, I'm no, I'm always the one with depression. I'm the one who always had dark thoughts. Maybe I infected him. Maybe it was too hard and he couldn't take it. And Heather says, did he leave a note? And Claire's like, could we not talk about the note? Allison, Beth pulls his suicide note out of her purse and reads it to them because she carries it around. Oh my God. And it says, you were right. There is nothing. Nothing is after you. You're safe now. And Heather's like, um, so what does it mean? And Beth says— That's the note he left. That is the suicide note. Okay. And Beth says, okay. I don't know what it means, but I want to know. And she's basically like, I want to know everything I don't know. Because let me tell you, I'm as confused by this suicide note as you. Right. You were right. There is nothing. Nothing is after you. You're safe now. Claire, luckily, takes Beth home. You know, Beth is fucking tanked. And Beth tries to pour another brandy before she goes. And uh, they sit on the couch. And Claire's like, you know, I could stay over. Like, my husband's with the kids. He's like, no, no, you go home. I'm fine. I'm home. And Beth tells Claire, I lied about the letter. And Claire's like, oh, my God, you had us going. I thought that was his real suicide note. And Beth tells her, oh, no, it was real. I lied about not knowing what it meant. And Beth tells Claire, when I was 17, I died. When I was living in in Tennessee, growing up there, my friend was driving and we flipped off the side of the mountain. The car pancaked and I was like life lighted to a hospital, but my heart stopped for four minutes and I experienced death. And when people would ask what it was like, I didn't want to disappoint them. So I always said, I don't really remember. But I remember Owen was the only person I ever told. There's nothing. Oh, God. And she said, I told Owen, and Owen was never convinced. You know, Owen wanted to believe in a better place, and he almost made me believe it. But you can't unknow what you know. And in the letter, and ironically, it's like, in the letter, he told me I was right. There is nothing. But now I'm not so sure because I'm experiencing him after his death. Afterlife. Yes. Yes. And Claire says, he said you're safe. So what are you safe from? And Beth's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that part means. And she drifts off to sleep on Claire's lap. And Claire's like, I could just stay here. And and Beth's like, no, no, just stay till I fall asleep. Hours later in the dead of night, Beth wakes up in a panic. The lights are flickering. The wind chimes are going insane. And she calls for Claire and she's running around. But obviously Claire like waited until she was asleep and then left hours Uh, ago. Claire, you should have definitely stayed. A hundred percent. Also, like you already offered to stay. You should have just been like, I don't care what you say. I'm staying over. So... Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if, if Dave, wife from the pod, called me and was like, I have to stay here with my friend whose spouse just died, absolutely. I'll yeah. watch the— like, like, don't worry go about nuts. it. Yeah. You're already there. You know, just, right. you can just right. sleep exactly. in, in the couch or whatever. Right. And so, you know, Beth is, like, disoriented in the dark and calls for Claire. But instead, Allison, we hear a male voice say in a barely a whisper, the door. <gasps> Which brings me to my question, Allison. Allison, at this point of the movie, what would you do? <laughs> What would you do? I wouldn't get the door. I think I would, like, get a knife and my phone and, like, corner, like, hide in a closet and, like, call every person ever and have as many people show up as humanly possible and then never be alone again for the rest of my life. Yeah, I would run screaming to the car and drive over to Claire's house or just, like, drive down a block and sit in my car with the doors locked. You know, I would go anywhere. Right. However, closer to others, whatever, yeah, whatever the solution is. And what we're finding out in this movie is like 
part of this is like Beth wants it to be true. Like she wants her husband to make contact. She wants him, yes. his ghost to be there because she's so distraught. And yes. I'm trying to think about with regards to like, one, I don't want someone, if I died, I don't want someone to like be looking for my ghost. Like move on. You know what I mean? No. Like I want you to be happy. Yes. And then also like, even if it was a loved one's ghost, I don't, I think we, if ghosts are real, which again, they're not, but if they were, right. I think we know enough to be like, we can't know a ghost. We can't know right. what its plan is, you know? No, no. You can't assume that it's going to only be good or that yes. it'll give you the answers that you're looking for. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Bring the sabor with new Modelo Chelada Fresa Picante. A mouth-watering mix of authentic Mexican beer, bold strawberry flavor, and a hint of spice. New Modelo Chelada Fresa Picante. Bring the sabor. Drink responsibly. Modelo Chelada flavored beers. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. So Beth rips open the back door. Again, she's still drunk. And she's like, you want to say something to me? Come talk to me. Which I appreciate. Like, that's her attitude. Yeah. It's like, you're you going to yeah. be a ghost and haunt the house? Come and talk to me, you asshole. Right. But of course, there's nothing there. Um, but because she doesn't give a fuck anymore, she throws on, open the door, puts on her coat, gets a flashlight, and she starts going out in the yard looking for the source of the voice. And she's like, it couldn't be me again. But right. she's like, fuck that. I'm going to find this. Allison, suddenly she hears a gasp, and a woman runs through the yard in a panic, in her underwear, desperate to get away, and climbs over a fence uh, over the lake, and then basically jumps down into the lake while Beth is watching, horrified. Okay. Two more women run by, also in sort of states of undress, jump over this fence, and then disappear into the water. So Beth is like, oh my God, I just watched three women, all of whom have dark hair and are white and bear a passing resemblance to mm -hmm. me, yeah. killing themselves by jumping the lake. But when she runs over, there's nobody there. We don't even hear a splash. Obviously, these are not corporeal women. Right. She is seeing something. Visions of Yes, yeah, she's seeing something. a vision. Across the lake, Allison... Beth sees a house. A house you might call a night house. It's at night and she sees a house. I'm going to call it a night okay. house. Okay. With its lights on. And she hears the man's voice tell her the boat. So, again, it couldn't be me listening to no. a spooky ghost voice. A disembodied voice in a lake? No. Beth runs down at to the night? boat. And she finds it as Owen left it. So, it like, when we saw it, it was cleaned up. You know, it was, like, stowed. Mm -hmm. You know. Right. In, as Owen left it when he died, his clothes and boots are neatly folded, and there's a tarp over the interior to not leave the robot, which it was very considerate. But that then there's nice. blood everywhere, all over the tarp. Beth has the wherewithal to say, nope, fuck this, and then starts walking okay. back to the house from the boat. Hats okay. off to you, Beth. Good, good for Beth. Allison, unfortunately, she hears someone step onto the dock, and she looks, and there's two footprints pointing towards her now in blood. And Beth says, if it's you, show me. And more footprints appear. Then a giant, like, gust of wind blows. Like walking forward? Walking towards her. Like, like as if it's still one person moving, not like As if the more... invisible man is walking okay. towards her. Got it. And then a giant gust of wind blows Beth backwards, and she closes her eyes, and we see her next in the bottom of the rowboat. Allison, <gasps> the rowboat starts drifting across the lake towards the house. 
without no. the lights. Are we on. still in night? It is still night, and we are headed towards the night house, which is across the lake. Obviously. Allison gets there, and of course, it is the her house, but reversed, like we saw the plans right. for. And as she's standing in the yard, she looks up, and we hear a male voice tell Beth, it's a dream. You're dreaming. And as she okay. watches, a woman with dark hair, who is not her, but bears a resemblance. Could be her. Yeah. Is standing at the window, and then Owen appro- approaches this other woman and sort of puts his arms around her, and she pushes him away. And she rushes to the door to be like, what the fuck is going on? Throws it open into her own Beth home. Does. Yes. Okay. Beth throws open the door and opens it into her home, the, the day house. And day it house. is morning. And she sees okay. herself on the couch. The Beth on the sofa sits up, startled, to see the door swinging open. And the previous okay. Beth is not there. It's morning. The There's Beth on the sofa there. sits up. There's nothing this is in there. the trailer. So... Beth sets, having seen the photos of this dark-haired woman, Beth sets up Owen's laptop and starts going through all his shit. So now, on, who, so like, Beth in the day house on the couch, like, wakes up and looks to the door. No one's there. It's open. Are we now in her perspective again? This is, and I'm just going to say it now, because there's a lot of other confusing things that are going to happen. Okay, great. This is the <laughs> same Beth. The Beth, yes. however, the... What she was experiencing was essentially a was a dream. It was, was a, a premonition. Okay. It was a dream. So she did go out at night, but she what she experienced was a dream. Seeing Owen with the other woman that was wasn't real. So there's not two okay. different Beths. Okay, the okay, Beth okay. at night experiencing the supernatural things is the same Beth, but right, then the but daytime. Okay, got it. Yeah, she has to sit up and be like, "Well, what the fuck am I supposed to take from that? I I had to go yeah. on this crazy dream journey and right. see this night house." Boy, so I would she's be checking tra- into a hotel or a hospital. Right about, I, I'd be at Airbnb. I'd be driving over to Claire's house. I'd be sleeping yeah. in my car in Claire's driveway. Yes. Who the fuck, I mean, like, I'd call Heather or Gary and be like, hey, sorry, I was acting crazy. Uh, can I sleep on your couch? Like, yeah, forever. Just go um, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Because, like, clearly sleeping in this house is yeah. a problem. Go to Mel's house, the neighbor. Like, even that yeah, place is to have anyone. someone around. She goes through his phone. She finds a photo of the woman in the bookshop. And she's able to get into, okay. like, his full photo album. Allison, it is not just one white woman with long dark hair. It is woman after woman. They are different women. He has a type. Oh. Okay. So, she's like, so this motherfucker was out here having a bunch of affairs? Like, is that what was going on? Like, so now she's really like, what, what the hell? I guess I didn't know him at all. And right. I am like, when did he get all these time to meet all these women? Like, yeah. what was her experience? Like, was she experiencing him like, oh, did he say like I travel for work and then like he's off right. ha- meeting where all these was women? He? Exactly. Cause it's not like, oh, they live in New York where like you could just meet someone at a coffee shop four blocks away and your spouse might not see you. Right. They're in a you rural area. To, he had to drive. Yeah, miles probably to get to another person. And that's if that and then it still has to be a white, long, dark haired, very similarly build. Like it's it just what are the odds that you're finding multiples in a close proximity? Exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, he was uh, on the hunt, as it were. And so Beth sets out during the daytime to walk around the lake looking for the house, the night house. And she runs into Mel, who's walking his dog, and Mel's like, that's really weird. And she says, oh, I saw the house with the lights on. I'm looking for it because I've never seen it before. And Mel's like, that's weird because this side of the lake is state land. You're not allowed to build on it. And Mm. Beth is like, okay, Mel, bye. I have stuff to figure out. My husband had a secret life. And Mel's like, (laughs) I'm busy. 
he, he's like, for my peace of mind, I don't want to see you walking alone in the woods, clearly distressed and alone. Yes. Do you have any friends or family we could call? How about you come over for sandwiches for lunch? Like, he's sort of like, it seems to me like okay. you're traumatized through the wood, extremely distressed. I know your husband just died in a terrible way. How about you come over and have a sandwich? And Beth's like, yeah, yeah I'll be right over. Okay, right after I find proof of that my husband was cheating on me. It was like, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'll come over right yeah, away, yeah. Belle. Right. Allison, wouldn't you know it, Beth finds not a completed house, but the shell of a house being built in the forest. And she goes okay. inside. Uh, she goes inside. So it's like, uh, like a, the again, the bones, like the, the frame. The frame is there and it's covered in tarps and stuff to protect it from the rain, but it's not, he was building it when he died, essentially. And it is a mirror of okay. her house. So okay. in her dream, she saw it completed. But in reality, it's— It's it's not completed. Okay. You know what I mean? You have to get a contractor in there. This is— Oh, like, I mean, building a away. house yeah. takes a very long time. Building a house by yourself, I can only yeah. imagine. In secret. Um. So Beth's calling anyone here, and she goes up the stairs to the second floor. Unfortunately, Allison, upstairs— she finds a sculpture of a woman hog-tied, so like her what? feet and hands tied behind her back, with poles, 13 poles stabbed through her body, Hellraiser style. And What? So she takes it, and it's like, a, you know, it's like hand tell the size of a f- football, I guess. So it's a very disturbing oh, okay. little sculpture. So she's small. Yeah, she storms over to Mel's house and starts banging on the door. And she's like, what is this? What do you know? Why did you tell me I shouldn't be walking in the woods? What was he building out there? And, and Mel's like, I don't know anything about him building anything. Like, I, yes, did I see Owen wandering around in the middle of the night from time to time? Sure, but that's it. And it's like, Mel, come on. Be a mm. pal. Like, maybe you should have said something. Yeah, that's not, that's not information you drop now. And Beth, Beth's like, well, why didn't you say something? You know that he had died. Like, you should, I wish you had said that something to me. And Mel says, he asked me not to tell you. And Beth says, fuck you, Mel. Tell me everything you know. And Mel admits, I caught him once. Like, I just caught you lurking around the woods. He had a woman with him. And she looked so much like you that I thought it was you. But then when I called out, they turned around and it wasn't you. And that night, Owen came over that night drunk, covered in mud, sobbing. And he told me that he had urges. Shameful urges that he was rightfully ashamed of, that he was trying to shake. So they found a way to keep them at bay. And so Beth's like, okay, oh, what kind of urges are we talking about? Why and did Mel you says, sit on this, Mel? Mel says, you could forgive me if I didn't ask, which I think is, is fair, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I it I am I would be like I want as little information as possible, sir. I don't need to be part of your life and whatever nightmare you're creating. Yeah, and so Mel says, "I'm sorry I didn't tell you, but I never saw anything like that again." And you all both seem so happy. So I think Mel was like, "He cheated on you, and that sucks." But you know what I mean? Like I just assumed you guys were it's through not his it or business. whatever. Yeah, and I was like, and Mel tells Beth, "His death left a hole in your life, and you don't have to fill it with like the darkest possible things." Yes. you know. And he tells her especially because you're closer to death than you've ever been. And Beth laughs, and she's like, that's not exactly true. Beth, who's like now a woman possessed, starts tearing through Owen's office and finds a book titled the same thing we saw in the drawing. I'm going to say it again. Kedroya, which is not right. But it has a maze on the uh, cover. She opens it up, and like all great horror movie books, the first chapter is called Introduction to the Occult Arts. Of course. And she starts flipping through it, And she finds a chapter called Decoys and Distractions with a note that just says basic trickery. And then she finds... Trickery, right? Trick it. Trick it. 
she finds both a sketch and an image of the pierced bound woman sculpture. And it's referred to as the Louvre doll, um, which they refer to as a voodoo doll. But I guess, like, in my mind, like, voodoo is, like, a specific religion. But this is from Egypt, yeah. and it's, like, an ancient thing. And I was trying to find, like, oh, is it really a thing? And I found some things, but they were all referencing the movie. So it could be fake. But either way, it's, like, um, yeah. you know, it's much like a voodoo doll. It is uh, used to, you know, bind evil, to, you know, distract an evil spirit. Mm-hmm. It's used as a receptacle mm-hmm. for magic or, or, or a spirit's, you know, someone's soul. And the book tells us the Cardroia is always oh, uh, Celtic, and it represents any series of simple mazes and re- reverse spaces intended to confuse or weaken dark forces. Needless to say, Beth, okay. is, Beth is freaked out by this, and she kind of like knocks the needle doll like across the room in a panic. Like she kind of like throws it. Just then, she hears creaking and thudding, and she runs up from Owen's office. upstairs, and she sees the outline of a man's silhouette created by the edge of a pillar in a doorway. Yes. This is also in the trailer. And the face turns toward her, and she, you know, screams it, but she runs over because she's a braver woman than I. But then when she changes her perspective, it's just a pillar and a door. So, like, it's gone. Right. You know, but she keeps seeing, like, sort of a man's face uh, in appearance. It's very scary. Fortunately for Beth and for us narratively, you know, or else the movie wouldn't work, the book bears the stamp of a bookstore in Utica, uh, New York, called Books and Melodies, LLC. Oh, we're in upstate. Okay. Which is about a 160-mile drive. So that implies to me that he must have been, like, did she think, oh, you're going to go buy supplies for your architecture business? Like, that's that's not uh, uh, a substantial drive for him to be making. That's a trip. Yeah. That's not an errand. So Beth comes in, and Beth has, like, become, I would say, a huge— Like, she's just a raving bitch at this point. Like, she comes in, and she brings all the books, and she throws them down. She's like— She goes to the store in Utica? Yeah, so she goes to— Beth drives to Books and Melodies in beautiful Utica, New York. And she Mm. comes in, and she throws all the books that Owen's had down. And she's like, when when, when did he buy? When did he have on hold? When did he buy these? And he's like, ma'am, this is a local bookstore where you can buy books on demonology and voodoo, okay? If you want someone to have records, go to Barnes & Noble. Like, we don't keep that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't say that, but that's the tone. Yeah. Right. Allison, just then, Beth turns, and she sees the dark-haired woman from Owen's phone. The first one we see. The one that looks so much like her. This is the bookstore. <gasps> so she storms up to this woman. She's like, hey, bitch, I heard you're having an affair with my husband. Like, because she's still like, okay, great. He's like sleeping with this woman and ha- like building some yeah. house. We could have affairs in it, you know? It would be hard not to confront this woman, even yes. just without him being, just being like, hey, we look way too much alike to both be here <laughs> yeah. and it not be weird. And I am sympathetic because it's like, he's dead. So it's like, you know, right. like, it, it's not fair to like take her rage out of all these people, but also like, there's, they're there. They're the only people there. What's she going to do? Yeah, I get it. And she meets up. She's like, oh, hi, I'm Beth. And woman's like, oh, hi, I'm Madeline. And, you know, and she works there. And she's like, excuse me, I think you knew my husband, Owen. And um, I was like, okay. You know, it's like, well, basically what we have, there's a creep shot of him, of you on his phone. Right. Like, to me, that's like not what She might not is. know him at all. Yeah. Unfortunately, Madeline does have a reaction to the name Owen. And she starts calling for the clerk, Joan. And she's like, Jonah? Madeline's like, and Beth's like, oh, you don't have to be scared of me. Okay, I'm just an insane woman screaming at you. Like, you work at a bookstore. I'm sure this has happened before. <laughs> and Madeline tells her, I did not 
have an affair with your husband. We Yes, he, we flirted when he came in here, which is all the time. We had a few drinks, but we kissed, and that was it, honestly. And um, Beth is like, you know, take your hair down. I used to sleep with my husband, and I'm asking you nicely to take your hair down. I know you're sleeping with my husband. You know, and Madeline takes her hair down. She does look exactly like Beth. And... But she tells her, like, I I really did not sleep with him. I barely knew him. Uh, please. Okay. Over at Claire's house, after leaving the bookstore, right. Beth is enraged. And Beth is like, if he wasn't fucking them, then that's worse. Because then what was he doing with yeah. all these photos of women who look exactly like me? Yes. And Claire's like, that's an extremely fair point. The problem is we will never we find will out never the know. answer. We'll never He know. did. And he's like, there's no point in making yourself insane based on something that he did. And Beth tells her, I felt my husband in the house. I feel his presence. And also, why would he say there's nothing? He didn't believe that. He was the one who had faith. Right. So She what doesn't is need this? that confirmation. She already experienced it and told it to him. Yes. But she is baffled. Again, it all comes back to like being baffled by not knowing someone you thought you knew. Uh, yes. Girl, you didn't know him. Like you didn't at a know certain him. point, you have to be like, well, this is desperately sad. You're not the only person that has found out something terrible after. Right. Go to a grief group. Go to yes. a therapist. Talk yes. about like, I Go found out all this shit about my husband. And it to sucks. therapy. And um, unfortunately, she's just not that kind of woman. Nope. And Claire says, well, to be fair, you know, beliefs change over time and you didn't believe in anything and now you think your house is haunted. And Beth's like, that's funny. That is true. Good point, Claire. And again, Claire says, like, just come stay with us. You could stay in our guest room. You yes. could stay as long as you like. My husband, the kids don't mind. Like, we would love to have you. And Beth tells her it's not finished. And Claire says, some things never get finished. There may yeah. not be a, you might not be able to finish it. Ever. But Claire tells Beth, I love you, and I, you're right. I'm going to go pack up a bag, and I'm going to go to a hotel, and, um, you know, I'm not going to stay at the house. And Claire's like, I don't know whether you're being honest with me. I, mm -hmm. I really do think you should go stay at a hotel, but you could just come back here. Yeah. And Claire tells Beth, I love you, and to please call me. Because she could tell, like, something is not right. Right. Then Something's been wrong this whole time, but things of are especially not Things right. are getting worse. Back at home, Beth gets tanked, and she yells at the house, I am leaving tonight. So if you have something to say to me, you better do it now. And then she just starts laughing at how, like, ridiculous it is. Ridiculous it is. Just then, Allison, there comes a knock at the door. <gasps> no. And Beth runs down. But it's not a ghost husband. It's okay. Madeline from the bookstore. Okay. And Beth says, how did you know where my house is? And Beth's Great. like, well, that's the thing. I have been here before. <laughs> I, may have been, I may have been downplating my involvement with your husband. They sit down for a talk. And what looks like a... Huge glass of vodka for both of them. Just warm <laughs> or gin with some clear liquor. Ugh, no. no. I guess it was brandy. I guess she's drinking brandy. Who's drinking brandy straight up? Anyhow. I mean, and nice. so Beth is like, hey, sorry I stormed in there. I was wild out. And then Madeline's like, nah, it's actually okay. I, you know, after work, I laid down and I had a dream that I was you. Well, I was you and I was me. And we were being chased by something. And I, I just felt like I had to come talk to you. And Beth's like, oh, that's interesting because I've also been having some crazy dreams. Yeah, she's like exactly who you can tell that to. <laughs> yeah, clear, clear. So um, Madeline tells her, I told you I didn't sleep with Owen, which is true, mm -hmm. uh, but I would have. And it was kind of leading that way. Um, but he came by one afternoon and he invited me here. And it, I normally wouldn't have done that, but he was so smart and sweet. And mm -hmm. I really felt safe around him. So I'm an idiot. And I went with a strange man to his lake house. 
Unfortunately, mm. when Owen brought her to the house, he brought her. He also took her to go um, on a walk around the lake and show her the unfinished night house. And he had her hold the pierced woman statue. Oh. But Madeline swears, that's it. Owen held me, and I felt him, like, shaking and crying. And and I wasn't really sure what was going on. So I kissed him, and he started kissing me back. And he, he put his hands on my neck, and he started uh, choking her out. Oh, Allison. okay. And Madeline, because this is just how women are, are raised, honestly. Yeah. She's just like, I just assume I must have misread the situation. And, <laughs> yeah. and he apologized. It's, it's like, girl, somehow. he was choking you, strangling you, yes. you know? Also, like, I'm going to go ahead and say no to, like, meeting a stranger, yes. going back to their house, taking a walk, just the two of us around the lake, which is already, like, a dangerous, scary, isolated situation. And then holding a, a super violent uh, yes. sculpture. Yeah, and Madeline is, like, pretty much like, anyways, I told him to stop, and he did, so I'm assuming he was a great guy, and then he drove me home. And and she tells him, like, yeah, he said to me, and I didn't really know what he meant, he doesn't know, he said it wasn't working anymore. He wasn't sure he could hold it back. Owen said he knew what he had to do. He had to end it for good. And Madeline says, so he clearly felt guilty about cheating on you. That's what he was talking about. Not very clear. Right? It's like, well, obviously not. No. Nope. Okay. Sure. Yeah, the cheating on you part, yes, that seems to be uh, absolutely right. part of it. Yes. But also the but choking the a random thing. woman. Yes. Um, at a house that he was building by himself in the woods. Right. In it's more than infidelity. From his wife. Yes. Yeah. People say infidelity, the worst part is the lying. I would say it's the building a secret house and choking to a stranger. choke women in. Yes. In addition to having sex with them, that's the worst part that's of infidelity. That's the worst part of infidelity, for sure. And so it starts torrentially raining, and Madeline drives off into the night, and Beth just drinks on and on. And in the torrential rain, Allison, Beth sets off walking around the lake to head to the night house. Which brings me to my question. Mm. Allison, who will survive? Who will survive? The Beth that we know will die. Okay. That, That this... That Beth, as she is now, will die. That is my okay. prediction. And then what about Claire? How are we feeling about Claire? Um, I feel like Claire might find her. Like it, I think Claire will survive and Beth will okay. die. I think that's my current prediction. And then what about the neighbor Mel? Well, I feel like there's got to be a casualty here. But he see, I guess because he knew a little bit more, maybe he dies. Okay, great. And what about those judgmental bitches, Gary and Heather, at the bar? Okay, well, I think they'll survive because they seem uninvolved. Okay, great. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Bring the sabor with new Modelo Chelada Fresa Picante. A mouth-watering mix of authentic Mexican beer, bold strawberry flavor, and a hint of spice. New Modelo Chelada Fresa Picante. Bring the sabor. Drink responsibly. Modelo Chelada flavored beers. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. So Beth, who is wasted, 
gets to the night oh, house. God. It's torrentially raining. It's covered in tarps, but like it's wet. The boards right. are getting soaked. You know what I mean? Like it's not, yeah. it's not built to last. It doesn't have a no. roof. And she's calling. She's like, we need to talk. You come out here. Wherever you are, come on, get me already. And she drops her flashlight. And she's kind of, oh, again, like laughing. Like she's hysterical. Like how ridiculous. Yeah, I'm absurd. And, and I'm drunk. She drops her flashlight, Allison. And when she goes to retrieve it, her foot goes through a floorboard. And underneath the floor is a woman's corpse wrapped in plastic. Oh, And no. then another corpse. And then another corpse. Oh, my and God. And then another corpse. And then another corpse. And they all are white women with long, dark hair. Mm. The house is filled with dead bodies underneath the floorboards. So Beth, reasonably enough, runs home, throws her coat off. She leaves the sliding glass door open. But let's be honest at this point. Okay. If, if there's a ghost, it could the get in the house. The door won't do matter. shit. Exactly. And so Beth calls Claire, but it's the middle of the fucking night. So she leaves this very freaked out message like, I should have listened to you. I saw something, but I don't even know if it was real. Like, what if it was a dream? She's trying to convince herself like, oh, it was a dream. I was over there, you know. And I know who my husband, I know who he is, but I refuse to believe he would do this. I don't know what to tell you, girl. He did it. He did it. He did it. So like the idea that she's like, "Ah, he's a good person. I know he wouldn't do this. The body is there. He did. You know, and as we find out, he might have his reasons for doing it. Sure. But he did do it. Right. So Beth puts down the phone, and she doesn't hang up, which I thought was interesting. So she crawls into the shower, and as she's showering, the stereo starts up again, playing the Calvary Cross, and then abruptly shuts off. And finally, Beth gets out of the shower, and she's like, I don't understand. Please come back. And she really, for the first time in the film, lets herself fully break down. Like, mm-hmm. I really feel it, okay. and she's like, I miss you so much. She's going through her trauma, finally, as yes. we all know in horror movies. She has to allow herself to really grieve. Yeah. And, and also to say, I didn't know you, and I don't know what's going on. Allison, she looks up, and in the steam of the bathroom mirror, we see the word written, here. And she looks, she walks over to the mirror, and then she turns around, and we see that there is an invisible entity walking. We see wet footprints leading into the room. And then as she reaches out, we can see the pads of her fingers depress as she puts her hands on this invisible, man-shaped, invisible creature. Like there creature. is something there. Yes. We okay. can't see it, but we see, and she hugs him closer, and she begs him, hold me, hold me. And we hear the male voice say, yes, I'm here. And he kind of, like, hauls her up on the counter, and you think it's going to be like a, um, what's that movie with um, Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer? Um uh, what lies beneath? Oh, like yes. it's kind of okay. like a sexy yes. ghost yeah, moment, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you can see her like her arms, like the skin ripple as he's like touching her touching all over her. her body. Oh my god! And she's sort of like it has this moment of like ecstasy, and she says Owen, and the voice replies, "No, I'm not Owen. <gasps> no, the, the entity is not Owen. No. Unfortunately, sadly. So Beth, Owen dead, freaks out." And tries to run to the bathroom, but the door slams shut. And she turns to the mirror. And in the mirror, she sees a different dark-haired woman. One of the women we saw run through the, the lawn. Sure. And in the mirror, we see Owen enter the room and start choking the woman. And then throws her against the glass, shattering it. Suddenly, Beth herself starts being choked by invisible hands. And then okay. thrown into the mirror in the exact same way. Okay. So she escapes the room, but then she sees that the um, time on the clock is reversed, and a woman in the closet tells her to hide. And then there's another woman hiding under the bed. And she's obviously having, like, she's seeing all these visions of Owen hog-tying the woman from the bathroom. 
And then another silhouette of, of the man's face turning and staring at her. So then she's running through the house, and the house itself is changing as she runs through it. So, like, a hallway is getting super long. And as she's, we see Owen kissing that. another woman. Whatever. <laughs> In, in another room, and at whatever Owen is doing to these other women is being done to Beth by, like, an invisible hands. Okay. So then finally, a force is physically dragging her down the hallway, which is crazy long now, like a dream hallway. And as she sees different rooms, we see Owen killing different women in each room, like crying and killing these women. And finally, she falls down the stairs into Owen's office, which is now set up for Christmas, which does make this a Christmas movie. Oh, that's fun. And they have, like, a tree and, like, a, a fire, and it's, like, really lovely. And she, in this, she sees herself on the couch with Owen. And she has fallen asleep in Owen's lap. And they have, like, a Christmas movie on or whatever, and he's stroking Beth's hair. And Owen tells Beth, you left the night we met. And Beth's like, well, you're not Owen, so I don't know who the fuck you are. What do you mean that I left the night we met? And he tells her, I'm what you felt when your heart stopped. Nothing. You saw me, and I've been with you ever since. So we're to think that okay. this is either a manifestation of death itself or yes. potentially of the void itself. Yeah. And because she had this, she died when she was 17, this thing has been sort of following her. Okay. The, the not Owen tells her, I went to your husband and whispered in his ear over and over to send you back to me. And so as we're watching, the, Owen puts his hands on the Beth on the couch's neck and stops himself before he can strangle her. Okay. So I think we're to think the nothing has been whispering in Owen's ear to kill Beth. However, and this is where I'm like, all right, okay. I guess, we're to believe that Owen was killing all these other ladies to, avoid. to not give in to the nothing's desire yes. to kill Beth. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, so effectively he turned into a serial killer in order to protect her. And Beth says, he tricked you. And the not Owen says, for a while. Suddenly Beth wakes up. And she sees a, she's the one lying on the couch. And okay. she sees a man's silhouette formed out of the stairwell. And it turns to her. And as she's there, the nothing, I'm supposed, I think we're supposed to think the nothing gains control of her. And the physical force of this invisible man uh -huh. levitates her and forces her into a hog-tied position while she's floating in midair. And as she looks out in the sky, she can see two moons, and it's sort of a blood-red moon. Okay. In the morning, Claire arrives. Having heard Beth's extremely concerning voicemail, freaking out, yes. she runs in, she sees glasses and clothes around. She sees a shattered mirror in the bathroom, and then she sees the evidence bag. That so that all happened? That all happened. Okay. And now it's the morning, and we don't know where Beth is. So okay. Claire's running around trying to find her. And she runs into Owen's office and she sees that the evidence bag is empty and Owen's gun is missing. So she's like, oh God, Beth's going to kill herself. So she's screaming and Mel next door hears her and they both run outside and they see Beth sitting in the rowboat in the, on the lake with the gun. Not hogtied anymore. Not hogtied, just kind of slumped over, alive, but has the gun in her hand. So they're now like, oh, shit. So they run down to the dock to try to stop her, assuming okay. reasonably that she's about to kill herself. That she's about to kill herself. Meanwhile, in Beth's experience, she wakes up in the rowboat, but it's still under the two moons. It's still nighttime. And it's like a bright red night. And she is sitting across from a totally nude Owen because he was nude when he died by suicide. 
and he's reading over the suicide note. And Beth asks him, because we know this Owen is the nothing. I'm going to call right. it. We know that this is nothing. And she says to him, where is he? Referring to Owen. Owen. And the nothing says to her, gone. But you already knew that. He thought he could protect you, but he was wrong. You were right. There is nothing. There's only me. And so meanwhile, during the daytime in reality, we see Claire running down the dock, yelling Beth's name, and the nothing tells Beth, come back to me. In sort of this nighttime version of reality. Yes. But in that moment, as she picks up the gun to do to kill herself, Beth hears Claire's call like through the veil time. of reality yeah. and time. And nothing tells her, it doesn't matter, come back to me. And Beth's like, you know what, fuck you. She didn't say that. She just puts the gun down and she wakes up in the rowboat alone, hold, still holding the gun, as Claire leaps off the dock and swims to her and pulls Beth's ass into the water and the gun clatters into the boat and Mel runs down to, to pull them both up and, and Beth is just shaking and Claire's holding her like it's going to be okay. And Mel sees Beth staring out into the boat terrified and he asks her, what is it? There's nothing there. And Beth says, I know. The end. Whew. What are some fatal mistakes you think that some people might have made in this film? If you had to, had to guess. Fatal mistakes. Once uh, the the concept of death started speaking to Owen, he should have dealt with it in a way that wasn't um, trying to trick it <laughs> and build a separate house and murder women. Like, Maybe start going to therapy. Uh, yes. Con- call some kind of authority. Even like if you're buying, if you're like getting books on the occult, like why not go see some people who know about that to try and yes. Like if you're gonna do it, like bring in others that might be versed in the world of the afterlife. Yeah, I definitely feel like once you find all those dead bodies in your husband's mm-hmm. secret mm-hmm. night house. Mm-hmm. I would stop trying to communicate with whatever is in the house. You know what I mean? I think, yes. like, even if yes. it is your husband, mm-hmm. that's a deal breaker, ladies. I'm that's sorry. A deal also, not just immediately get, like, vacating the house when, like, things are a little off, when you're already just, like, well, yes, in obviously. mourning. You know, it's just, from like, go be one. with people. Yeah, from day one, there should have been more people either in the house or you at another house. Yeah. And maybe that is the moral of the story. Is like you have to be supportive of people who are going through death. Is that yes. if not, they might spiral into this thing. Yes. However, I had a lot of questions about the movie, Allison. Mm-hmm. So I will okay. save the first segment I'm calling The Night, huh? Oh. <clears throat> How did Owen, and I want to be clear, these are just your opinions. I don't expect yeah. you to know or even remember what happened. That's yeah, that's, fine. that's fair. <laughs> How do you think Owen figured out that he had to build the night house as, as a version of the Cadoria? To try to try to trick the nothing. How do how did he figure that out? My guess is it's in the book, and we didn't see that part of the book, right? But I'm saying he knew enough about what was happening to to get the book. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I guess that. But like, did he get the book before he started building the house? Would be he my, must have. That would be my that would be my most logical explanation. Is he he was like something is happening? I'm gonna go check out books on this and when it's like okay. you have to trick it and you have to like when it the maze stuff that's when he was like all right I'll build Nighthouse. okay so then my second question is why was Owen aware that the nothing was pursuing 
Beth, but Beth wasn't. That is a question that I could not even begin to answer. I guess, like, if the nothing was pursuing her, she would know it existed? I Like... Yeah, and it, I doesn't guess it we're dis- to doesn't think- the existence of a nothing um, coming after you disprove the concept of nothing almost? Yeah, mm, and it's, also it's slippery logic. Yeah, because then it's like, well, then he took this on for the entirety of their marriage, right? And didn't tell her. I just don't think that's the right way to go about it. Like, at least if you're working on it together, right? You know, um, yeah, yeah. I guess that is extremely confusing. Okay, so I understand that the nothing made Owen feel like he had to kill those women to keep himself from killing Beth and to distract the nothing. So the deaths of these women would would trick him for a time. Yes. Oh, I did it. Don't worry. Exactly. She's she's gone. Like, my question, though, is why did he have to have sex with them? Because at least in the other glimpses, these women are in their underwear. He's kissing these women. Mm -hmm. Like, is, I think, is that part of what the nothing wanted him to do? And 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 he just had to take it that part out on the other women too? I think that like that like was the pr- like tr- like further like, see, this is my wife. I'm kissing her. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, that makes sense. Be, I like you know, that. To give a little more evidence than just like, I found this brunette. Like, is this enough? Yeah. To be like, I oh, think that see? Means- like he doesn't know if it's looking, I guess. And it's like, Look, we're kissing in a house that almost looks like ours, but it's not finished. <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I guess. <laughs> okay, why did Owen kill himself in the nude? Isn't that the worst way to find a loved that, one? <laughs> yeah, that and like to fold up the clothes. Like, if he then why not just also then if you're gonna if you if you know that you're going to kill yourself and you're taking and you know how, why did you get into the rowboat with clothes on? Yeah. I don't, that part make no sense to me. I guess it was a more cinematic. It's also like, what, I mean, it's not like you're going to like donate those clothes or like. Right. She's not, like she, it is like, so now she has to find you nude, dead in the rowboat. I didn't understand that part at all. No, that was, when when you said that, I was like, I don't get it. And I don't know if that's like part of this and it doesn't seem like it makes sense with it. So. And then finally. Mark? Just two more questions. Okay. Cool. Why did Owen think killing himself would stop the nothing if the nothing was after Beth the whole time? I think because he knew it wasn't communicating with Beth that maybe it could only... Um, mm, <laughs> like, like, he was the the messaging, so, like, if he took himself out, that maybe it would leave her alone. That maybe, like, her telling him there's nothing, like, if he killed himself and and learns that for real himself, that that frees her from having, like, right. from carrying the burden of, because it seemed like he believed there was something in the afterlife and she was the one who's like, I promise you there's not. And, like, that in killing himself and learning that she is right relieves her of, like, continuing to have that burden. And maybe proof. in a more, like, sort of a, Annabelle sense. Maybe he thought like, okay, sacrificing a soul to it, it yes. will leave her alone. Like maybe yes. what it wants really is to take someone out soul. and I will right. give myself to it. And unfortunately, so he killed all those other way. women and that didn't seem to satisfy it. So And that's the other thing where it's just like, I don't think like the movie does not properly, to my satisfaction, address the fact of like, it was not worth it, dude. Like you protected your husband, you murdered 
oh, you, you protected your wife. You murdered a bunch of other people's wives. Right. You think they're, those people didn't want their wives to not be murdered? Like, yeah. It's like humans. you. Yeah, it's like the most depraved, like, it's like, oh, wow, he really loved me. It's like, well, he really hated those other yeah. ladies. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's worth it. And I would never want someone to do that for me. So it's yes. sort of like, that's awful. That's yeah. horrible. Don't kill loose doppelgangers of me to satisfy the nothingness of death. Please. Right. If I have to die, I mean, I I personally would rather just me die than, than dozens nine to of, 12 other ladies yeah. who look like me yeah, be brutally right. murdered. Right, right. And then finally, my last question is, at the end there, how was Beth able to resist the nothing when Owen couldn't? couldn't. Is it just because Owen was had gone through for so long? And also, the end implies that the nothing is still there. So, like, will it eventually right. get Beth to, to commit suicide too? I mean, if it's, like, an allegory, then maybe, like, having the support of these other people who aren't aware of the nut, though I guess like now Claire knows about it. Well, Claire, I, Claire didn't see it. So Claire, neither no, but Claire Beth nor Mel. told her, like, she was like, I do understand the note. Here's what it means. I told, like the only person I've ever told this was Owen. And now she has told Claire that maybe that's Claire really is now part of this thing. That's, that's a really interesting point. Um, yeah, I just don't but like know. because it's straight from the horse's mouth. Like it's like she's like I've were. seen death and there is yes. nothing, and she told Owen and no one else. And now Claire is also someone who knows that because she confessed it to her when she was talking about the note. That maybe now Claire is like part of this and and is involved. Yeah, that's the no, best no. I, I think could that do. makes sense. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of questions, but I I really enjoyed the movie and thought it was yes. uh, very scary. So, which brings us to the spooky scale, the scale at which we rate the movie's spookiness from one to ten. And of course, this is not its quality. It's not its quality. It's not whether we have questions at the end. It's whether or not we found it spooky. And Allison, where would you like to rate the Night House on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. I think I want to give this like a six and a half, seven, because like okay, all of the like reverse stuff and like doppelganger stuff is to me just like one of the scariest things there is. Um, but the ending is leaving a bit to be desired in terms of logic. So that kind of brings it down just a touch. So I, six and a half, seven, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 7.5. Oh, wow. Despite the fact I had many questions, I was genuinely very scared. And yes. many times during the movies, it's very artfully shot. Um, I feel like before you started starting it, before they try to sort of like give you an explanation, it's much scarier. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like, I guess, you know what I mean? But um, a lot of the shots of her alone in the house, sort of the mm-hmm. the sudden visions, I really thought it was very creepy. And Rebecca Hall plays Beth, and I thought she was really good in this. She's great. Um, so yeah, I would actress. say 7.5. Absolute recommend if you're someone who listens and can watch horror movies. But it, watch, it, watch it in a darkened room. Because it's mm. a dark movie and genuinely very scary. Very scary. All right. As always, guys, if you have any recommendations for movies, yes. um, you can email us at ruinedattheradiopoint.com. And we always love to hear from you. Yeah. And we'll get to you um, in We'll get time. to all of them eventually. And uh, we also are still uh, doing the thing where we read five-star ratings. If you leave us a spooky story in the ratings. Yes. So yes. if you would love to give us a five-star rating, 
and want to write a spooky narrative, we will read it on the pod. Yes. And we really appreciate um, you rating it us at all yeah. uh, as it affects the algorithm and tells the computer AI matrix system that people listen to the pod. So. Yes. So that's wonderful. We really appreciate that. Um, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Ruin Podcast. Uh, and you can send us recommendations there as well. So lots of ways to lots of ways to contact us that don't involve the nothingness of death. So I mean, it's coming, Allison. It's I'm coming. just saying, I think I, I love you very much as a friend. I'm not killing no. a, a mm. baker's dozen of your doppelganger to no. keep the nothing. Good from luck even finding you can find a bunch of average-billed, brown-haired women with glasses in Brooklyn. I will so. say, yeah, like Rebecca <laughs> Hall, a lovely like woman, like not nine. the most, not yeah. the most unique looking person. Yes, you know what I mean? This is right. America. You can find some thin, tall, white women with white brown women. hair for yeah. sure. They're, yeah. they're out there. A lot, ton of them in Utica is what the movie suggests. Interesting. And yeah, um, hopefully uh, you'll join us next week. Hope your New Year's are off to a great start. And yes. until Above we all. see you, please keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Ayosa. Bring the sabor with Modelo Chelada, a mouth-watering mix of authentic Mexican beer, bold fruit flavors and spices. Bring the heat with Santia Picante or the citrus burst of limon y sal. Modelo Chelada. Bring the sabor. Drink responsibly. Modelo Chelada flavored beers. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.